It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The the end of the episode that's when it technically ends hello and welcome to building the game a documentary podcast today is monday april 11th and you're listening to episode 515 as always i am your host jason today joined by two awesome co-hosts kiri bear and nicole amato hello y'all we were just uh, talking about temperature differences and how we to were. Yeah. do the math of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because basically we are like, we're basically like a triangle we form on the globe between, you know, Kiri in Australia and then, you know, jump over to Nicole in Pennsylvania and then me in Michigan. It's about, you're about in the middle between us, right, Nicole? I mean, you know, I, I went to the it's American like a- School of Geography, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. America takes up half the globe, so pretty much America is gigantic in the middle of everything. It's generous of you to say that we only think we take up half the globe. (laughs) I would argue that some of us think we take up the whole thing. When I finally saw like a real map that wasn't like the skewed maps I saw in elementary school, I was like, "What the heck? That's incredible!" Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, it is pretty crazy to see a real looking map. And how uh, America is, yeah, much smaller than you think. Also, something fun to see is the state of Alaska in the U.S. superimposed over the rest of the U.S. And you realize that it is really, really big. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas, like, you know, we're we're constantly taught, like, oh, it's this little tiny disembodied blob. It's like, no, no, it's a giant. (laughs) I once had someone tell me that they they thought that it was an island because the way it's pictured (laughs) in UF maps as an island. Um, Because I don't care. I don't know if you're familiar with how the United States does maps. We'll have it and, you know, we'll have Hawaii off to the side, which, as you know, because you are from another country and therefore probably have better education, um, that Hawaii is an island and Alaska is not. But because it's pictured like an island, some people... They think it's an island. They think it's an island, just like a straight line on one side. Yeah, right. Perfect. I mean, because that's yeah. natural. That's yeah, you know. yeah. That's like, just like the edge of the the earth, right? right. Exactly. <laughs> that's where you fall that. off of the earth if Dragons. you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I got to do something recently that was really weird. I got to play test a game in person. That was <gasps> cool. Whoa. Yes. First time in very long time with more than one other person so that was yeah. fun so i got to play test um perfectly parceled which is uh the tile laying game that i worked on with neil roberts and kelly hoagland um and it's got these sweet 3d printed tiles that are like different levels and stuff and it makes this really cool like three-dimensional map for the listeners i'm waving my hands to show a three-dimensional topography of a map it's um, amazing it looks, actually it looks honestly. pretty groovy doesn't it um yeah. i was mesmerized so i just kept doing it i was staring at myself um in the, in the video <laughs> Uh, so anyways, it, um, it went really well. We got some really good feedback. Um, and, uh, I was excited because like most of the feedback was like this one rule, uh, about how you score points when you place tiles, we're just not explaining it to people in the right way. So I have to keep re-explaining it during the game. So I'm not sure how to explain it, but we're going to figure that out and then people won't be confused. So it's not a bad rule. It's just written poorly, uh, which is probably my fault. So uh, we're going to work on that. And then there was one other rule where like there was just it wasn't enticing enough for people to do like this one this one part of the game. So they just mostly didn't do it. Normally we would see like these like 
12 things come out onto the board by the end of the game with like Neil and Kelly and I were playtesting it. And in the end, there was three and I had placed two of them. <laughs> so people just didn't really get into that part of the game. And I asked them why. And like, it was like, oh, because it's too difficult with this one thing. And I was like, well, we literally can change one rule and it fixes that. So, yes. so I, I'm not saying it's perfect now, but, um, but I know that those are changes I can make and then take it to Geekway of the West um, next month. And uh, so I'm going to go to my first convention and that's exciting. Um, it's requires masks, requires vaccination, my kind of convention. So uh, yeah, so I'll be going to that and I'm going to take that as one of the games with me. But it was exciting to play test it in person. That was, it was weird and fun uh, and a little nerve wracking, but it was, it was cool. It sounds like a great game and like really the kind of thing that you need to play test in person. Yeah, yeah. We we have we have like um simulator versions of it that you can play online and it's just not the same thing. Like it's really um it's very tactile, tactile. right? Yeah. yeah. I mean it's like it just it just feels nice with the tiles, like and you place houses on top of the tiles. So like um the listeners love when I do this, but like so the tiles are like these different like, you know, different shapes and stuff and they're like Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, so Oh, this is so interesting to look at. And what then, a feast um, for my eyes. <laughs> I, I actually have shared pictures of them before online, but and then they um and then there's these little houses that are on like on sticks and they mount into the uh mount into those pieces. Mm -hmm. so, so like cool. you can you you build the land and then you put the houses on them and uh yeah, and it's it's cool. Like I um I, I'm really it's a game I'm really excited about. It's one of the most unique things I've gotten to work on, and that's it's been really fun. So it's nice to be able to see it like getting on a real table. <laughs> mm. Anytime I, do you mind unsolicited advice? I love unsolicited advice. It's the okay, only kind great. I accept. Um, anytime I've had a situation where players constantly ask me to re-explain something, I have just made a little aid and been like, here you go. You're going to ask me this question 50 times. So here's a little right. player aid for you to just reread this at your leisure. And also, I think that would also help with, the thing that you said they keep forgetting like yes yes and i think them that's both on actually, a little piece of paper yeah and that actually it's it's just the way like it scores a little what feels awkward um and I, I now that you say that i can take the changes i was going to make to the rules and i can make that into a little picture player aid that people can see and that will help them count it so that's a that's a really smart idea thank you thanks for that You're unsolicited welcome. advice that's what i'm here for have you all been able to play any games lately I have well, I'm very blessed with a um, a board game friendly family, um, and so we've been playing a lot of Wingspan, and uh, I've also it's not a board game but Regicide I've been playing recently, which is a I've heard that's really game. good. Yeah, we thought we were really good at it, um, and we were doing really well, and then I realized that. Um, that the starting hand card number is actually a hand limit. So we were just like dealing ourselves all these extra cards and being like, oh, I've got like 20 cards. I can do anything. Why is this <laughs> game so oh. easy? Yeah, no, no. It's, so it's, it's great though because we got our confidence up and now we're like, now it's hard. Right. <laughs> Um, I got really into Quacks of Quedlinburg, which I think, did I mention that last time I was on the so show, good. Jason? Such it's a good so show. Fun. Yeah. Game. When, game. We, when we were all talking about games that are 
like tactile and hard to like that I can't imagine digitally like I don't know if I could imagine playing quacks digitally because I have so much fun right we got like right. the bgg geek bits so like it's so much fun to like reach your hand and yeah. touch those tiles mm. um I also played um ha- have either of you ever played the game um Saffronito it's like I've an older dexterity game so they remade it and it's called Hibachi now. They remade it and launched and launched it on Kickstarter. And my friends and I who love Saffronito, we finally got Hibachi the table. And it's so funny because it fixed all the problems we didn't realize Saffronito had. So we had a lot of, we had a lot of fun with that. Um and I've just been playing a lot of like um like goofy fun games like Twin It I had never played before. I don't know if either of you have played Twin It. I have not, no. It's just a game with like a comic number like it's got so many cards in it and all uh-huh. the cards are double-sided and you everybody has like you know you split the deck into equal parts and everybody flips a card over away from them and mm-hmm. the board fills up really fast because there's so many different cards in the game and once there's a card on the board that matches another card on the board you have to put your fingers you have to put a finger on each one and then you get that pair and the goal is to get five pairs but if you flip one and somebody already has that pair you can touch that one and the one that they have and steal theirs. So you can like steal their pairs from them. Yeah. Nice. So we played that and we played, um, that sounds you know, like aggressive. I can oh, imagine a- like, <laughs> have you never, you've never played a board game with Nicole. It's always aggressive. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the game is. I make it aggressive. Yeah. We've also been playing a lot of avocado smash. Another, fairly aggressive game um but yeah it's uh it's very fun to play the games that i you know because the games i love the most are these intense physical games that you can't like play on tabletop simulator you know i really like that game mord amarosa where you're like you have to listen to see where the the pieces fall inside this little hotel that you built and I'm like, you know, my friends, we'd be on tabletop and they'd be like, what do you want to play? I'm like, I want to play Avocado Smash. Stop asking me what I want to play because it's going to disappoint everyone. <laughs> but yeah, we've just been playing like a lot of really fun, cool games. And I also um, got really into the Railroad Inc. app. The like phone I've heard app. That's, I've heard that's really good. Yeah. It's really good because I just do the daily challenge every day. And it's really cool because A, it's got the four, you know, it's got red, blue, green, and yellow. So it's got like those expansions in it, but it's also, you know, they can just, if it's an app, they can change how the board looks and they can change the faces Mm -hmm. on the dice and they can do like all kinds of cool things for the daily challenges that you couldn't just be like, you couldn't just do that while you're playing the game, you know? So it's, it's very neat. If you, if you, if you like the game, I recommend getting the app. It's, it's pretty reasonably priced and it's really fun. Sweet. Um, I played Scythe for the first time this week. Uh, what did you how think? was that? It, I lost by a lot, but I, you know, it took a little while for me to like learn how to play. So I'm sure next time I'm going to like thrash Haley. But um, <laughs> <laughs> next time. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I really enjoy these kind of games where you have to kind of think out your strategy and like work out your moves in advance. Um, We've also been playing a lot of Root as a family. and Root after, is so precious. Yeah. After losing it, um, Scythe, to my friend Haley, I've invited Haley to come over and play Root with us because we tend to be not very aggressive when we play board games with each other. We're very friendly. And I just think that we could all, like, 
when it comes to root, I think it could be more fun if we actually get more aggressive with each other. So we've invited <laughs> Haley over because Haley says things like, don't look at Kiri's puppy dog eyes. She's politicking right now. <laughs> go to the jugular. Yeah. I yeah. love that. I it's funny. love that. Jason, it's funny that you said that all games with me are aggressive because there's one, I, we used to play Bonanza a lot. My late husband, like, loved we loved bonanza we hated the art and he actually remade me a version of bonanza called cat nanza where he found a bunch of cat art online and it was for like our five-year anniversary he remade the whole game for me wow that's awesome so funny because sometimes when we play with people who hadn't played the game before i would be very gentle because bonanza can be really aggressive Mm -hmm. and i don't want people to hate it so like if we play with new players i'll be like you know hey do you want to like make this trade that's really good for you and anthony will be like he'd be like you have to stop being so nice. And I'm like, but we want people to like this game so that they'll play it again with us. (laughs) But Root, yeah. Oh my God. And then the second time you play it, you're just awful. Uh Oh yeah. If you, if you know how to play Bonanza, I'm, I'm, I'm not holding back. Cool. Um, I'm probably going to lose, but I'm not going to hold back. (laughs) Based on what you've said about your family playing games, I would definitely, definitely check out um quacks of kudlinburg if you can get a hold of that you you would love that it's it's really really fun that and um taverns of teeth and tall are two ones that i bet your family would really oh i don't know that one they have such oh you okay okay listen so if you like quacks of kudlinburg it's another wolfgang warsh game so yeah you gotta you gotta try it quacks uh taverns of teeth and tall is is just it's one of my favorite games ever i mean so is quacks but yeah I'm trying not to type very loud. <laughs> trying to type on the slide. You're so bad at it. <laughs> oh, Kiri called me Thunder Keys before we started uh, recording, and I want that to be my like new name. <laughs> to be fair, it was actually Jason that called you Thunder Keys. <laughs> when you couldn't hear me. I didn't Kiri hear it because I was that. typing. Because I was typing. Yes. Um, but we did hear you at my house. Not through the mic. <laughs> Just through the air. Well, the good news, Jason, is that um, I, um, my, we've been working from home for like the last two years at my mm-hmm. office, and they mm-hmm. finally, we, we are like, we're moving to like a different office, like a, like a, like a co-working space versus like our own private office. Mm-hmm. And when we were packing up our office, I was like, my, I was like, so how many days are we going to be returning? And my supervisor was like, well, you're the only researcher who's in the office. So I was going to ask you, like. Do you even want to work in the office? And I was like, nope. Nope. Can I take my computer home with me? <laughs> so they let me take home my computer, my fancy work chair. So once I get it all set up, I'm going to have a Mac, a Mac for work. And then I'm going to be like, I'll be, I'll be like on my Mac for work at night. And then on my PC or, or I'll be out on my work, my Mac during the day. And then I'll switch to my PC at night. And then I'll be like, oh, I actually hate having a PC. <laughs> Until you want to play games, and then you'll be like, PCs are cool because I can play games on these, and my Mac that's doesn't the have only, any. Yeah, so, that's yeah. the only problem is that I do play a lot of games on Steam. Yeah, so there is that problem. Well, hey, let's uh, let's talk about a topic here. I'm going to just put us into the topic. Uh, well, the whole, so, sorry, the whole reason I said that was because the Mac keyboard is extremely quiet. It is, unless you're like me, and you have the one that you've had for 10 years because you don't like the new quiet ones. <laughs> I have like the oldest, ugliest Mac keyboard from like three computers ago because I love it. I like 
mechanical keys. I don't like the soft keys. Um, and so like, it still plugs in. Like I have, I actually bought a new Mac. I'm using my new Mac. This is the second new Mac that I've had. My daughter (laughs) uses the old Mac with the electric keyboard, with the uh, air keyboard, like the wireless keyboard. Um, and I use the old keyboard because I just like it. The new keyboards are smaller. They don't have a 10 key on them. And I have to have like a 10 key because I just, that's how I type numbers. So yeah. Yeah. I have a, I have a sexy quiet mac keyboard with a number pad on the side it's very mm, it's so nice anyway let's talk about games games. so i don't want it to seem like the topic is secondary tonight oh foreshadowing um but um (laughs) but what we want to what we want to talk about tonight is something that uh is is interesting uh i think uh, I know that it, I thought it was interesting and Kiri did. And I think Nicole did too, probably maybe. No, I don't know. She did. Uh, so, uh, so anyways, uh, the idea of games as part of a secondary experience. So, so this is something we've seen, you know, like uh, maybe like a, what you might call a meta game or a game that you play. Like, I think what people th- are used to this is like a game you play where you're playing other games. Um, there was that game that jason tagmar designed was it called like suspense or something like that literally i was gonna say the my favorite one is is the button shy game where you all get a card when you walk in the door to game night yeah i yeah, don't remember so the name you, of it though you take a role when you get to game night and then throughout game night you play games but you also have uh this role where you're trying to do things like on the sly in the background right um, and this is something that, that, uh, button shy, specifically Jason Tagmeyer has not that he's not just button shy, but I mean, he is, but it's also something that he's very much specialized in with things like the con crud game where you would be like, you would be trying to s- slip people, these cards that said, you've got con crud, um, you've got to give it to somebody else. And so like, it was just a card and you would put it in places. And as soon as someone sees the card or touches the card, that's, they're stuck with it. Um, he and, handed it to me with a business card, I think. Yeah, like, that's that was pretty typical. That he was would his, like give you something move, and it'd be yeah. on the bottom, and you take like, it and be like, ah. Oh. Yeah. So, so my partner does a game like that with kids because my partner does lots of like nature connection kind of stuff, and they uh-huh. call it the peg game. So they give everyone like five pegs, and you've got to like try and get your pegs onto someone else without them realizing it. Oh, and yeah. Again, so it's like a an awareness raising kind of meta game so they'll be doing yeah. other stuff playing other games and like you know learning how to stalk things or toast marshmallows mm-hmm. or whatever yes at the same time they'll be doing this peg thing in the background and you you mean clothespins right like Close pegs. yeah i know i think that's great you know and i think i mean obviously that's an awesome way to teach kids right you know to have them learn through the activity like that um and it's sneaky right like so you said they're learning about stalking things like in the woods or being quiet or sneaking up on things. And, um, and I think that's, that's what a cool way to show that without having to like overtly teach that. Right. And I I like, I like sneaky games like that, that like, Hey, we're teaching you how to do something without being, you know, super overt about it. Well, absolutely. Because if you can give someone an experience of the thing, like they're so much more likely to learn it and remember it. than if Mm -hmm. you just like tell them like stalking goes like this. It's like, no, give them the experience. And games can be so great at mimicking all these different kinds of experiences. There was another one, actually, I, I couldn't remember the name of it. And you said the word sneaky and it's called sneaky cards. Remember that game, right? Game sneaky cards. It's got a little ninja on the front. 
Um, I think I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, uh, it's, those are really fun too. And so I was even thinking about like games that are like, you know, I mean, I guess the, I guess the game with the clothespins does cover that, but the games where really you're doing an activity, especially in my mind, an activity that's completely not game related. Right. Um, and then you're trying to use this, um, you're trying to use this game as like a tie in and maybe it's a conversation starter between people. Maybe it's a way to get people to mingle um, that, that normally wouldn't because they've got this game is, is trying to get them to, uh, especially if you can incentivize that in some way. Um, I, I really think it's a neat, it's an interesting thing to explore outside of the game world with like conferences and things like, you know, business conferences. Um, to get people to loosen up and have fun. Now, obviously, they do these things. I think Kiri, when we talked about this, there was a you had mentioned like a Discord. Yeah, thing. like packs during the um, the first year of lockdown. I think they had packs online, and on their Discord server, they had all these little things. Like you go into this channel and you ask this question, and then another channel opens up, or you end up in a conversation with a bot, and then you go on this whole little like choose your own adventure kind of scenario. Oh, that's cool. And then you that's get so cool. different emojis. So then people were like collecting emojis to like have next to their screen name that would show the, how many of these little adventures they'd gone on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's no, that's super cool. I I went to a, a mortgage conference several, several years ago now, probably like five years ago, where they had with their app, they had this game you could play where you would get points like that with the app. And it was all super boring stuff. Like the most interesting, interesting things were like, take a selfie at this place. Right. But in the end, I got this super cool coffee cup for doing it uh, Mm -hmm. that I still have today. It's like really, really cool. Um, It's the company's logo, but their logo was like uh, a knight uh, and it just looked really cool. It's like black on the outside and it's like bright yellow on the inside. And it's like, it's just a super cool coffee cup and I love it. Um, And I only use it for tea, but um, yeah, so. (laughs) It's such a great point though, Jason, because I think people often think of that, like when they think about adding um, like gamification, they often think about like points and rewards. Like that's just where people's brains go. Um, And I think it really minimizes the potential of what games can do. Because if we Mm -hmm. actually think about like, what's the experience that we want people to have? What's the experience that we want people to have of our event? And how can a game help people drop deeper into that experience? Like you said, like it can help people to like mingle with each other or interact with particular like elements that are in the space that we want to draw yep. their attention to or give them an experience that teaches them something. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think the reward thing, like, so in, in this case, like this company did this because they wanted people to use their app right? They wanted people to use the app to get more out of the conference. So they enticed you to do that by giving you some fun things to do and to earn a possible prize, right? Um, And I think sometimes, yes, you have to, you have to kind of like get people who are like reluctant by saying like, Hey, you could earn something by doing this. Right. Um, But, but yeah, that doesn't always have to be the goal, right? I mean, the goal can just be to have fun with that. And, um, yeah, I, I just think the prize thing really helps when you have people that are reluctant, right, mm-hmm. to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, it helps to incentivize people for sure. Yeah. Um, so, mm. oh, go ahead, Kiri, go ahead. Just especially when there's like a little technological hurdle or something that they have to yes. engage with that's going to create a bit of 
grist. Like that card game you were talking about, like sticking a card on someone, like that's, there's no hurdle to do that. Like, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say for the first time in my life, I had a, I had a reverse incentivized situation. I went to a baby shower this weekend and you know how you like, I don't know if, if they do this or you live Carrie, but they, at baby showers, they'll have like baby shower games. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. One of the games was like, match the animal with its baby you know so it's like Mm -hmm. cat and kitten dog and puppy and like a couple people all got all of them right and i was one of them and they were like the person who wins gets a tree it was like a little like tree and a planner and i was like i would i don't want that (laughs) (laughs) i have lost please do not give me a tree (laughs) i'm concerned that some people didn't get all of them right some of them were tough like um one was um like like a signet is a baby swan oh oh okay oh no no by name i'm sorry i thought they were yeah. pictures and i was like oh, no 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 are these people not matching that up okay no, 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 no. That, they weren't yes pictures. that makes sense i did know about the signet but i could see why somebody might not and that's fair i knew about signet because of katamari and i was like yeah i'm gonna ace this test and then the <laughs> The thing that I got for getting 100 was going to be a tree. And I was like, I don't want to ace this test. <laughs> I have to just pop in and tell you right now, as an Australian, it's my duty to let you know that a baby echidna is called a puggle. And it's oh, so cute. That wasn't Whoa. on the quiz. That's so cute. That sounds amazing. I like that you're like, I'm legally obligated to tell you this. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That's we fantastic. We're back to talking about games now. <laughs> That's a good example of like, yeah, games at a party and that kind of thing. So, um, so here's, here's what I was thinking. Um, so what about like, I I was trying to think of some, some rules around like the idea of if you're, if you're, if you're going to design a game, right. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and at the end, I've got a game to pitch that I'm working on that we can kind of workshop through. But, um, if you're trying to, um, if you're trying to design a game for some sort of conference, right. And you want it to be an interactive thing. Let's say it's a game where you want people to mingle. Um, if that's the case, like, what are some, some good design points to work with around that? Um, in, in the first one that comes to my mind kind of as an example is I think it needs to be unobtrusive, right? Like it needs to not be a pain in the butt. Right. Yeah. Like it needs to, if somebody's really into the game, it needs to not ruin it for others. And if some people aren't, it needs to not ruin it for the people that are. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. We'd say even before that, you want to think about what's the experience that you want to create for these people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then like everything else that you design, you kind of need to run it through that lens of like, is this creating the experience that we want? Is this is this going to make people super cutthroat and bring out Nicole's aggressive side? Or is it going to actually help people have meaningful conversations with each other? <laughs> it's going to make Nicole aggressive. But um, 100%. Some things we can't help, right? Right, right. <laughs> And, and I think, I think the other thing is it needs to be easy, right? Like that same type of like, if, if you, I th- thought of that because you said if there's some sort of a hurdle you have to jump and you were saying like using a game to help you jump that hurdle, but by that same standard, the game itself should not be a hurdle mm-hmm. that makes people say, I, I don't want to do this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's going to have a think- really low bar. In yes. Terms of like yes. Technology or like rules or understanding. Mm-hmm. I feel like scavenger hunts are like a good 
like thing to talk about here because scavenger hunts i mean some scavenger hunts are obviously very difficult but for mm. the most part like i think scavenger hunts that are made for like the general public are like a good bar to set because it's mm-hmm. like you don't want it to be too low you don't want it to be too easy where people get bored but you don't want it to be too hard where people who don't normally play games or aren't like used to being like not i don't want this doesn't it's gonna sound bad not used to thinking critically in, in day-to-day life no, you know i know what you mean yeah it yeah, it's that makes me think of like knowing your audience, right? Like knowing your audience and matching a theme to your audience. Don't like come in like, okay, so this is like a business conference and it's a bunch of uh, salespeople. Like, let's go with high fantasy and mm-hmm. like, you know, like it's just not, it's just not. I mean, yeah, some people are gonna be like, oh yeah, I'm into that. But you're a not lot gonna of roll them, in there and be like, what's the name of a baby echidna? Right, right. Yeah. Right, like, I mean, if somebody's from Australia, they'll be like, well, I'm legally obligated to tell you it's a pugger, <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, I think, so I think that's really important too, right? Is knowing who's going to play it. And like, you know, so the one I'm working on, like I have to take in mind that like there'll be adults there and there very well may be kids there too. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I want something that the adults could do if they wanted to, but also the kids could do it. You know what I mean? On their own if they wanted to, which is a unique challenge, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something for both of those age groups. But there is something about like um, connecting with that childlike part in people. I think like definitely you've got to match the theme to them, but I reckon themes that like invite people to be a bit ridiculous can kind of lower some of that discomfort bar or lower some of that kind of cringe factor that can come up around playing games can break the ice a little bit yeah make people feel less like awkward yeah Mm. so that's a question i have though curious like because i know you you like me you work with people like in consulting and coaching you know and you know like working with like business people who Mm. some business people and i I mean are 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 stereotyped as not fun right? Mm. Or stereotyped as like business, right? Like, you know, when you go to a conference and I'm sure you've all dealt with this, like, and you like meet a person who does the same type of work you do. And and maybe you two are actually one of these type of people that I would meet, but I, I don't think so. Where like, and it's not a bad thing, but like, they're just like, they live and breathe it. And you're like, I will never be that person. Like they're so yeah. into this yeah. and I will never be them. And you're um, like, oh, I have hobbies and interests. Right. They're like, hey, man, you know, we're having dinner. You want to talk about these mortgage rates? And I'm like, no, no, no. no. Like, I, we're at dinner, dude. Like, I don't care. Like, I did the stuff I had about. to do. Now my reward is a free dinner at a nice place. And I, mean, I don't want to talk about nice work. Yeah. yeah. You know, my reward so. is my brain is my own now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Right. You want to talk about puggles? They're, they're baby echidnas. Um, so, uh, like, you know, let's talk about that. That sounds fun. But, um, but anyways, so yeah, I think that trying to, I I guess it's trying to figure out how to navigate the party poopers, right? Yeah. Like, you know, like, and I don't mean that even in a bad way. Like it's some people are there to be all business. Right. And I know that, I mean, I've worked with executives who are like, let's have fun. Like, let's, yeah. Like you want to come in, in our, in our place and like do games with people and they can learn from that. Yes. That sounds awesome. Yeah. But I've also talked to other people about it and they're like, Oh, 
games really like no we want to do it this way and you know what hey that's for them like i i actually i like, understand this suit and tie now don't make me right, do anything right. ridiculous or undignified right yeah, and exactly. you know what they're they're like well i i firmly disagree with that stance I also don't disrespect it, right? Like if yeah. you, if being serious is your thing and you take it serious, like that's, that's okay. Right. I mean, you do you yeah. like, you and sure we can like do play. sit down and do like regular development coaching and it'll just be a conversation and we won't play a game and you know, we can still do stuff, but it's not going to be fun, you know, other than talking to me, which is generally super fun. Oh yeah. I've been told. It's too bad <laughs> that we can't mandate play Kiri because I feel like things would be a lot more fun if we could. <laughs> It's true. But that's that's part of the thing of play. Like, it has to be free. Like Yeah. That, mm -hmm. yeah. That's, like, a, ma a major feature of play. Yeah. Um, you have to have yeah. fun. Yeah, that yeah. kind of takes the fun out of it. Absolutely. Be fun for me. But like I think everybody has to have fun. feature of doing a game like this is that you, it, the game mechanics can't rely on everyone is playing the game. Correct. So yes. To totally agree. Loophole there. Yeah. So that the fun police can just like gracefully bow out. Yep. Yep. And I, and I think that's okay. Like, you know, you are trying to, you know, there's the whole, the idea of the 80, 20 rule, right. Where like, and I know there's probably more than one 80, 20 rule because I think I've heard it multiple ways, but like, um, this is the idea. This isn't like the 20%. I don't know. There's like an effort one, but the one I'm talking about is like that you focus on, on the 80% of people, like when, when you're dealing with a business and you've got like 80% of people who are doing their job and, and or excelling, right? Like that's most of your people. And then you've got the 20% that are doing really, really poorly, right? Mm -hmm. And those would be, say, your party poopers in this game idea who don't want to play, right? Mm -hmm. And if you spend all your effort focusing on that bottom 20%, like you want to try and do things to elevate them, but if they don't want to, then you don't want to waste your resources on that because what happens is you then ignore the 80% who are either A, super into it, or B, at least doing a good job, right? Yeah. And when you alienate them, now your 20% gets bigger or you lose some of the people from the best part, right? So yeah. there's a balance there. In and I think that's- change work, we talk about this notion of the movable middle. So you've yes. got like yes. the, the top kind of, you know, 13 and a half percent who are your early adopters who are just going to try new things and always be into it. And then you've mm -hmm. got your bottom 13 and a half percent who are like your laggards who are just like never going to be on yep. board. And yep. you want to focus your attention on the people in the middle. So yes. like, yeah, engage the early adopters and like use their excitement to kind of fuel what you're going to create. Mm -hmm. But then really look at like that middle group, like what are they, what's bringing them in? What's going to get them? Yes. Abroad? Yep. Cause I mean, to get to that tipping point, right. That critical mass, you have to move the middle mm -hmm. of those people. Otherwise it just, yeah. Otherwise it won't work <laughs> because mm -hmm. yeah, because those early adopters are generally not enough to sustain the process, the product, whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, I've, I've heard about that before too, as well. And it's super interesting. Yeah. I mean, at least to me. And to you, presumably, and maybe Nicole thinks it's interesting too. She's laughing. Oh, I find she's all like, of this stuff no interesting. Words. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was thinking about something we said earlier, and I was like, the bottom thirteen percent people who still have landlines—they're <laughs> not willing to try anything. As we discussed before yeah. the show, not Kiri. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Neither do I. I don't have a landline. I can't either. remember the last time I had a landline. I remember I logged into some account recently, and I was like, oh, "This phone number is literally the last landline I had from like." I found those too. Fifteen years ago. How did they have this phone number? 
our when when we got rid of our landline, like our cable company that we were using at the time had a bundle, and it was cheaper to have a landline, and they charged us a penalty to cancel. But I was like, I don't want it. All I get are sales calls. I don't want it. Like yeah, I do yeah, not yeah. want this landline. And they're like, well, sir, it's going to be an extra ten dollars a month not to have it. I was like, I don't. I will pay it. I literally don't care. <laughs> cancel it. So yeah. What a world. The next thing I want to bring in here is this notion of what I call play equipment. So mm-hmm. it's like we've we've worked out the experience we want to design. We worked out who we're designing for um, and the experience we want them to have. And then play equipment is like this notion of like how much we want to create space for them to kind of do their own thing with what mm-hmm. we design. Um, but we also want to give them some like solid starting points for them to kind of build on whether that's like a story or a theme or the mechanics that we're using. This sounds awesome. Yeah. Getting that balance. Yeah. So not enough play equipment. People will just be like, Oh God, I don't understand. I have to be right. Right. I can't do this too much play equipment is like the experiences on rails. And maybe sometimes you want that. Right, right. Yeah. I don't and disagree. Yeah, pretty like yeah. I want you to go here and here and here. I want you to get these clues. I want it to turn out like this. Right, yeah. and a scavenger hunt really can be that. Right, I mean, a scavenger hunt, given in if you dole it out in the correct order, yeah. is on rails. Yeah, yeah. But if the experience you want is for people to like get a bit playful and get to know each other better, then you want to have more openness there. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, you want it to be like, you know, something between a scavenger hunt and an icebreaker like exercise, mm-hmm. right? You don't want it to just be an exercise because then it's not a game, you know, but you don't want it to be too gamey because then you're going to lose some people. Mm. Yeah, what a hard balance to strike. Could I, would you be okay with it if I threw out this game idea and we kind of use some of these principles to talk to to as part of the... Just because I think we're going to end up being redundant otherwise, and I would love to, um, yeah. So, um, so in the in the idea of, um, I'm just drawing something here. I'm going to describe it, but in case I want at least you all to understand it, um, because then you can help me describe it to the listeners. Um, and uh, so the idea that I've got, so here's the opportunity that I have. Uh, my business is going to be likely sponsoring this event at a local university um and it's like a get together it's a fun thing and i'll have a table and i will have um and i'll have the ability to pass some stuff out and my wife was like i she asked me if i wanted to do it because she knows some of the people and i said yeah i think i do i said but like if i'm gonna do it i want to do it different i want to make it fun i don't want to just sit at a table and be like hey i can help you like i want to i want to have something that draws people to the table and makes it interactive and so I said, do you think they would let me pass out um, like a card at the very beginning, like a, a game card, basically? Um, and so that we're working through all that and I'm trying to finish designing it. But I had had this idea a while back that I'd worked with someone consulting on that I still have the rights to use. And um, and I got to thinking like, OK, so if I'm going to pass out something to people and then the goal is that they interact with each other, right, that we create mingling um, and then with the end goal that they come to me, right? And then I can maybe, I can chat with them. I could get a contact info if they're interested in the thing. They can find out about me and be like, this guy does fun stuff. This is different, right? 
does that all make sense so far? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, well, the concept I came up with was this triangular-shaped card. And I'm just going to show you this really lame drawing that I made. So, so it's a triangular-shaped card. And it literally, each point of the triangle is rock, paper, or scissors. So, it's oh. literally rock, paper, scissors, right? Mm -hmm. And then, as you notice, below each one are five checkboxes, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, the... So the goal of the game is what people do is they um, they get this card when they walk in and it's they're all the same. They have rock, paper, scissors on the back. It will be the explanation of all this. And then it's got the check boxes on it. And then probably in the middle, like my logo, because why not? Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and maybe where my table is. So. Um, so the idea is the instructions are this. Take this card. Go around and find people and ask them if they want to play rock, paper, scissors. And then you show them, you both flash the card at each other, holding two of the corners. So only one corner is displayed, right? So basically right. you're essentially throwing up rock, paper, or scissors. Whoever wins, the other person would take a pen that I would provide as part of that with my logo on it, of course. I was going to say, not, right? to have your information <laughs> yeah. on it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. So, um, but with that, what they could do is then they could, they would initial, right? So if I, if I beat Kiri, she'd write KB, right? Nicole, you'd write your initials. Um, but you can only have one person's initials once and you need to fill out wins for five wins for rock, paper, and scissors. Right. And maybe it oh, won't right. be five, maybe it'll be three, but I'm not hundred percent set on the number. But so the idea is that we get the people interacting. And then the first few people that come to me, um, with a, um, with a completely filled out card with all the initials would get some sort of prize. I'm thinking the top prize for the first person would probably be like a basket of games um, that they could like fun games. They could take back to their family. Cause if there's anything I have plenty of it's games, games that I've designed games that other people have designed that I have extras of a fun family pack of games you could take back. Uh, but then also possibly giving Somebody away. Somebody might get some... a tree. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Will you kill this tree or no? Um, <laughs> so that's my super simple concept. Um, there will be parents, there will be kids there. So I think that checks the box that anyone could play. Um, I feel like it, and Kira, you tell me, but I feel like it checks the play equipment of like the rules. Everything is contained on this one thing that they mm -hmm. can hold that's unobtrusive. It's not a pain and they could choose to not do it if they wanted to. Mm. Um, and it's a low bar. Like lots of people know rock, paper, scissors. Like you've right, yeah. right. working. If you rock. don't know rock, paper, scissors, you probably don't want to play any games, right? Because like, yeah. how do you not know rock, paper, scissors? Mm -hmm. um, I reckon that I reckon probably having a triangle card is unnecessary. And like, because people are so used to playing it with their hands. They're just going to play it with their hands. And like... That's fair. That's fair. You like you could just do a regular rectangle card and still use it as a scorecard and still having okay, to yeah, get the, get the initials. Um, that would certainly be easier to to procure because I don't have to do any. I don't have to go like to a place that has to print something weird. So, so let me tell you my reasoning for a card not doing hands, yeah. and then you tell me tell me that I'm wrong because that would be really great actually. Um, so my thought was it was it was along the lines of like giving them the play equipment right saying like look you've got this thing and that's what it is now you have your hands and you could play with that right hmm. um but i something about it felt to me like having that card with everything contained was 
better. And it sounds like you disagree, which is totally cool. And you're probably right. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know. I, that was that was the reason why. That was my big fear was that I needed to give the whole game um, all the components, even if they have the components, you know, on their hands. Right. Hmm. I just don't know. I just think like because people are used to playing it with their hands. I think they'll probably default to that anyway. And yeah, then that's fair. The card to score. That's, I mean, that's probably better. That would make it, I mean, then it could literally be a poker sized card hmm. with, with a score sheet rock, on paper, it. scissors, and the score sheet in the back could still be all the instructions. And there'd still be room for my logo. So, so in my next my question, like in terms of how that's set up, it's like, so, you know, I've been going around and I'm like a super sharp rock, paper, scissors player. So mm -hmm. I'm like, I've got my card almost full, but I need to win with scissors to like mm -hmm. finish off the card. Mm -hmm. Does that like, that's going to start making it tough, right? Because if anyone who sees my oh, card yeah. is going to see well, like. Right. Well, and you theoretically wouldn't show your card, right? Until um, after you play yeah. When they sign it, right? Yeah. Would be my thoughts. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, if you did, I mean, if you show them your card and they're an aggressive player like Nicole, they're going to be like, I will not do scissors. I will not. I will only do rock. You will lose every time. Yeah. Right? So and you um, get the signature when you win or when you lose? When you win. So okay. when you win, the other player would sign your card for you. Okay. They would put their initials on it. And they would um, sign in the box that you used to win with. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, this is so, literally the um, the plot of an anime, and so I cannot wait to see how this plays out at your at this. This event. is a plot of an anime. Does it end badly, Nicole? Is it the start um, of a horror movie? Like what happens? No. <laughs> so, so in the anime, it's called Ultimate Gambler Kaiji, and they take a bunch of people who have like gambling debts or like other debts, and they put them all on this boat. And then they give them all cards that say like rock or paper or scissors. And then you have to compete against other people. And that's how you like buy your freedom is if you win rock, paper, scissors. But like people are doing these like complex, like, well, I know that you played against, you know, these people and those people are all out of paper cards. So you, you know what I mean? So like, it's, it's, I cannot believe I'm saying this, but it is one of the best anime I've ever seen. It's like really thrilling and compelling and amazing. And it's literally about a bunch of people playing rock, paper, scissors. And I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, I, wow. I, this is blowing my mind. So the whole time you're talking about this, it's, um, it sounds, it sounds like rock, paper, squid game is what it sounds like it, to me. <laughs> when I watched squid game, I was like, Oh, this reminds me of ultimate gambler Kaiji. And there's a second season of it too, where they play other games as well. But, um, Plug for Squid just, Game, by the way, if you haven't seen it. That game, it, that it's it's, it's it can be hard show. to watch at times, but wowza, yeah. Um, I was also thinking that it would be really cool if uh, if if your game was like, I mean, this is down the line. This is like for, for the future, but like, what if you had like, you know, what if the game came on a magnet and the magnet was dry erase and you kept it on your fridge and that was how you kept track of like all your rock paper scissor games, but then like. Because I was like, what if you played against your family? What if you had like a big family and you just went around playing rock, paper, scissors? But then they would know like, oh, right. dad needs three scissor wins. So we're just going right, to play right, rock right. all day. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And I mean, I have to imagine it would be tricky for someone to, I mean, yeah, you could have people metagaming, right? Where they go up and like, hey, 
I need to win with uh I need to win with rock. Well, I need to win with scissors. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh so let's play twice. I win with rock, you win with scissors, and they both sign off on the thing. Now, you might be like, that's cheating, but I might be like, that's mingling. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You try to cheat, but despite your best efforts, you've accomplished my goal of mingling with yeah. people you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I I love the idea that people would be that into it, that they would start strategizing like that. So I think that right. if you've even got people considering doing that, you've won. Yes. Right? Yeah. Because they're super into it. I mean, there has to be at least one person that would be super into that. Right. And the kids. Yeah. Yeah. One of the kids. Oh, the right? kids are absolutely going to be into it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm okay if the kids are, if, if a kid wins, I, I don't care. I mean, like the family's mm. going to get that, that gift bag of games mm. and it still achieves the goal of creating a fun thing, getting games in people's hands and telling them a bit about my business in the time, you know, as well. So like, yeah. 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 Win, win, win. Domain hit. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds Any other good. suggestions y'all would have around it, though? I also think, like, five for each is too much. I'm like, yeah, Whoa. yeah. I, 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 I tend to do that in games. I'm like, we need 10 rounds or 20 rounds to play this game. And then, like, three rounds in, I'm like, we need five rounds to play this game. Um, <laughs> I was thinking, like, wait, is three better? I have this thing where it's got to be an odd number. Like, I, How I can't, long is uh, the event? A couple hours, I think. Yeah, I think three so, is good. I think three is good. Yeah. Okay, I'll do three. A three also allows for larger checkboxes, which makes it easier for people to sign their initials semi-legibly in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, the only way that would backfire is if there was like a family of 12. And then, no, no, a family of 10 could pull it off. So if a group of 10 people came, they could win like immediately if they wanted to, which is why I'll have secondary prizes and stuff so that, you yeah. know. I mean, I have so many copies of games that I've received over the years from like yeah. like publishers who publish my stuff that uh, it's super easy for me to be like, oh, here, you got third place. Here's a copy of this game, right? That's that's no problem. Yeah. Not hard. Totally works. Yeah. Excellent. I love this. Mm-hmm. I feel good about that. Well, anything else we want to throw out there about, um, about this topic well i just like generally like um at amble like we had this notion we didn't we haven't actually put it into practice yet but we will at some point that we would make business cards for ourselves and each of our business cards would have a game like that on Mm -hmm. the reverse side Um, i love that i love that too that's so cute yeah so we came up with ideas so with that same kind of notion like oh so imagine we're all at a conference like how do we create something and so what was it? Um, I think one of my colleagues did a thing. It's like, you know, flick this card and then wherever it lands, it's like, now imagine this tiny creature pops out of this card and like explores in this area. And like, what kind of story can you create? Or um, yeah, That's look so cute. here I left. Love that. And the first thing of this that you see gets this prompt and then look to your right. And the first, you know, green thing you see, that's like, this aspect of the story something like that um that's really cool and i like that too because it's not just like like when you said create games for it i was thinking like little board games people could play i love that it's that it's more freeform than that i think that's really cool yeah Um, we have a sort of a bent towards story games i'm also mm -hmm. reminded like at christmas i've got this um uh 
thing called the little library. So it's like a, a whole box of different business card sized games. Oh, cool. Um, and one of my colleagues, Logan, has this game called High Name, I'm Dad. And it's like, next time someone comes up to you and says, hi, I'm so-and-so, you have to respond by saying, hi, so-and-so, I'm Dad. And then you roll a dice. I love that. To decide, like, different things, like giving them a fist pump and saying, well done, champ, or, or asking, like, have you drunk any water today? Um, or saying, have you messed with the thermostat? <laughs> Did you leave the lights on? We're not made of money, you know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, there's one that we played at Christmas from that little library um, that was about your drink. And um, again, like you rolled a dice and then the next sip of your drink, you imagine that your drink is a magic potion and the next sip of your drink gives you the um, the impact of that magic potion. And so then... Um, everyone's kind of behaving weirdly around the Christmas table and you've got to work out like what potion different people have drunk. Oh, that's um, awesome. So one of them was like, you can never tell the truth or like you always tell the truth or you can't use verbs now or um, yeah, <laughs> different things like that. I, that is fantastic. Mm. I like that. So it's called the little library of games. Yeah. A tiny library. I think it was um, Kickstarter or something. I don't even know. I think I have that too. I think the second one's on Kickstarter right now, isn't it? Yeah, it could be. Is it by Cardboard Monster? Can't remember. Oh, it's an Australian company. Is that correct? Yes, that's the one. It is. It's called Long Tail Games. Long Tail Games. Yeah, yeah. I think they have a second. You can buy a digital version too. Yeah. Mm. Which I might do just because then I could see the stuff without having to um, uh, pay to ship it to the US. Yeah. Because, yeah, I'm sure that's not going to be. The second one just ended. It was called Tiny Tome. This is very cool. This website is actually really cool too. So listeners, check out cardboard.monster. Um, it's it's cool. There's a lot of interesting stuff That's here. That's such a great so, name. I love Cardboard Monster. Yeah, mm. it is good. It's the bad side of Cardboard Edison. Cardboard Edison, Cardboard Monster. It's like, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, <laughs> and it's on the other side of the planet. Right. I've always had a problem with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde because Dr. Jekyll doesn't sound like a peach, right? It's mm-hmm. Dr. Jekyll. It sounds a lot like Dr. Jackal. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't. Also, why did, why did he get a PhD and Mr. Hyde is just doesn't have a PhD? Like, why is one of them a doctor? I don't understand. Right. Ask well, cause the I hard think, cause, questions. I mean, cause he is still a doctor. He just also is, you know, a murderer. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's fair. Well, hey, before we go here, uh, on this same line, uh, Kiri is running a workshop coming up here uh, with Amble. uh, And so talk about that. Yeah, Amble Studio is running a workshop called Game Design for Facilitators, um, talking about all the kind of stuff that we talked about today and how you can use games in your facilitation practice, again, to like create opportunities for experiential learning. Um, 
And the details of that are on our website, amble.studio. And I'd love to see you there. That sounds awesome. Yeah. No, I know. I saw you share that on LinkedIn. And um, yeah. So, and it's funny. That's not actually why we picked the topic because I uh, was like, hey, this topic, I actually brought the topic up because of this thing that I'm working on. And I was like, this sounds interesting. And I knew Kiri was going to be on the show. And I'm like, this is like directly in your wheelhouse. Um, and I'm enthusiastic so, about everything. So I was, I was yeah, actually going to hype, say, man. Nicole likes talking about all sorts of different stuff. So <laughs> um, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Um, uh, Jason, I also wanted you and the listeners to know that the other day I was cleaning and I went to grab what I thought was a speck of dust on my table and it jumped because it was a baby jumping spider. Oh, you've got another jumping spider. Yeah. Great. I look forward to having nightmares about that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, you know, it's cool. I So, Kiri, I don't remember, and listeners too, I don't remember what episode this was, but a long time ago, uh, Nicole told a story about a jumping spider living in her apartment. Uh, if I can find it, along came a spider. Oh, you're right. Yes, the episode is yeah. called "Along Came a Spider." If I can find it, I'll link it in the show notes. Um, uh, I mean, I can find it if I remember to find it. I'll link it in the show notes. Jason, remember to find it. You're listening to this right now <laughs> while you edit this. Why don't you do it? Um, so uh, yeah. So, anyways, check that out. Uh, it's fun. Uh, on that same note, I got to see for the first time in person uh, at the aquarium, funny enough, uh, several times they have had the um, they've had uh, a little little glass terrarium that said that it had the um, giant of uh, the Goliath uh, bird eating spider, uh, oh. the Goliath bird eater, oh. uh, which is the biggest spider in the world by weight. It lives in South America, the biggest spider in the world by size or circumference of legs of course as kiri knows the huntsman spider native why not to australia where all the deadly things live um so <laughs> it's not deadly, harmless though, for the record they're, <laughs> they're harmless they don't build webs so this, and they eat all the mosquitoes it's great i i would agree that they are useful but let's not call them cute like they're they're <laughs> Look them up sometime, listeners. They're terrifying. But anyways, I got to see for the first time a Goliath bird eater, which is like a spider that I'm obsessed with, despite the fact that I'm terrified of spiders. Um, but uh, it was really interesting to see. Like it is 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 big. Like it was really big. Like it is well bigger than my hand. Um, so yeah. Anyways, that was a fun little note about spiders at the end. There. This huntsman spider is really scary. Huntsman spider is really scary. What's the other one called? Thank you. The, the, Goliath. the Goliath bird eater. Goliath so. bird eater. I mean, that's a terrifying name. It really is. Oh really is. my God. Some serious marketing going on there. Yeah, it generally does not eat birds for the record. But I mean, the fact that it could, that makes me not excited about hanging out with it for sure. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. anyways, well, Listeners, I hope you enjoyed the show today. I hope you enjoyed uh, chatting with us and uh, hearing all these cool ideas about secondary games that are secondary experiences. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can, of course, go to buildinggamepodcast.com. You can find our Discord there. Check out our Discord. It's super cool. You can also uh, email us at buildinggamepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the Twitter at podcastbtg, at jaslingerland, at Kiri Bear, and at toits. Uh, and please keep coming back every single week because that's super fun and we appreciate it. But until next time, 
Good night. Good night. Good night. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game.